Welcome to a podcast by Grantmakers in the Arts, a national association of public and private arts and culture funders. I'm Sherilyn Seeley, GIA's program manager. In this podcast, Grantmakers in the Arts welcomes you to Denver, where collaboration is a way of life, where culture is found everywhere, from small local breweries to the largest museums, and where we are hosting the 2019 annual Grantmakers in the Arts Conference, Cultural Intersections. Today, we are joined by Gary Stoyer, President and CEO of Bonfi Stanton Foundation, Ginger White, Executive Director of Denver Arts and Venues of the City and County of Denver, and our very own Nedia Alokta, Deputy Director and Director of Programs here at Grantmakers in the Arts. Nedia, why don't you add some more context for our listeners and bring us into the conversation about this year's conference? Absolutely. Thanks, Sherilyn. The vibrancy of Denver's cultural community is visible throughout its street art, the independent music scene, community theater, musical classrooms, a deep spoken word tradition, and eclectic arts districts. Arts practice in Denver and across Colorado can't be separated from the landscape, and it is where artists, ranchers, environmentalists, business owners, creative thinkers and dreamers, and funders converge to build healthy and thriving communities. We are glad to bring our conference to Denver this year and to have our planning committee co-chairs, Ginger and Gary, here with us to tell you more about the conference and the incredible community where it will be held. So, Ginger, why don't you get us started? As an active participant in the local cultural community, can you tell us why Denver and why now? Sure. Well, we're so thrilled to have people coming to Denver this October. It's one of the best months in Denver, so um, we're, we're excited to have you all here. You know, like a lot of American cities, Denver is a growing city, and that creates a lot of opportunities, but also a lot of challenges and tensions within our community, which I think a lot of other cities and people who work in other cities will um, appreciate. And so we find ourselves as a local arts agency on that, what I would call a razor's edge of responding to the community, as well as being a partner to the community which can be, of course, challenging, but also a great way to leverage and capitalize um, on the growth that we're seeing. So what I'm hoping that conference goers will have a chance to participate in and observe and have a rich discussion around is that tension and the juxtaposition that makes Denver both a dynamic place uh, for conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion, which I know is obviously a conversation that's a top of mind for a lot of organizations, both philanthropic, individual artists, as well as cultural institutions. And then how that discussion manifests in funding, whether it's through philanthropy programming that really is relevant to uh, not only our city, but I think the times that we're in um, across the country. So I think Denver is a great um, example, and I think will be a fun, um, a great learning laboratory for uh, our conference goers. That was great. Thank you. Um, Gary, can you offer from your perspective, why Denver and why now? Sure. Well, first, I'll second Ginger's excitement about having the conference in Denver. I think there are a lot of things about Denver that make it a a particularly exciting place to to have the kind of conversations that take place at a GAA conference, as uh, Ginger, you know, alluded to the the sort of things that happen when you have a successful, thriving local economy, and where the arts are both driving the success in many ways, but also become the victims of that success, and of course, issues of displacement, gentrification, 
Um, I think the 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 interesting lo physical location of Denver, sort of in the center of the country, and the and it it being a great place to have conversations around rural, urban, suburban divide, and and how those different cultures and different you know communities are 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 each unique, uh, but need to relate to one another. I think the intersection of arts and environmentalism in a place like Denver is a is a really exciting conversation to have. And then I think even within the area of um, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, there are some aspects of Denver that I think are, make it a particularly rich place to, to have that conversation. One, a, a, a pretty large and growing immigrant and refugee population um, from different countries of origin throughout the world. Um, so it's a very diverse community. And then that combined with the fact that we have also a Latinx community that dates back so many generations. You have people that date their heritage back to before there was a United States of America. Um, and so it's different from a lot of other areas of the country where the Latinx community can be viewed as a relatively new part of the population, and here it predates the Anglo population. Uh, not to mention that we have uh, incredible indigenous roots here as well. Uh, and so I think that too is part of the interesting kind of um, makeup of the culture of Denver. Thanks, Gary. That's uh, really interesting um, to think about, uh, particularly leading into my next question about the conference tagline. So what should folks be thinking about when they hear cultural intersections? Well, I think uh, one of the things for me that resonates with the theme, and I think why the theme is particularly appropriate in Denver, is that we have here in Denver a really collaborative, creative community, a larger creative sector where the lines blur, the intersections blur between uh, individual artists, arts institutions, craft beer, and you know, artisan spirits, folk art, it's all happening here. And, and even like the tech startup community here that's very strong. And there's an incredible spirit of collaboration and intersection among those different components of the larger creative sector. And I think uh, from my perspective, having lived and worked and visited many areas of the country, I think it's the sort of spirit that I'm starting to see in other places as well. And frankly, I think it's where we need to go as a creative sector. So I think Denver is a great place to have that conversation. Ginger, do you want to follow? Sure. Well, I think Gary made a lot of great points. Um, and I would just add that um, Denver has this great DNA when it comes to um, partnership and collaboration. And, you know, it's, I think, very much embodied in the scientific and cultural facilities district that is very unique to, to Denver and the Front Range. But that then manifests in a lot of other ways because of that encouragement around partnership and collaboration. In many ways that Gary uh, mentioned, uh, kind of crosses the sector between nonprofit and for-profit um, and individual artists, which I think is also really interesting. And Gary knows this also well around this idea of the arts and proposition and working closely in a grant program that he's helped establish called Arts and Society, where there really is this focus on blending between what the arts bring and the value proposition they bring to issues and challenges like healthcare and veteran services. 
Gary, if I can stay on this question for a second, would you be able to speak a little bit to the experience of the first time that Yo-Yo Ma came to Denver and talked a little bit about the Civic Day of Action within sort of the lens of cultural intersections? Sure. It was, it was an incredible experience hosting Yo-Yo Ma here in Denver, which was actually the first stop on his world Bach tour. First, he did a performance at Red Rocks that was absolutely magical, but there was even an intersectional piece to that performance because the local artist, uh, Jonathan Saiz, created a work of art uh, that was built into the performance. And then the work of art was made up of thousands of little paintings, each of which was distributed for free to participants in the day of action that happened the next day. And the following day, I think one of the things that was really interesting was actually the excitement that Yo-Yo and his staff experienced around the fact that a lot of the things they wanted to encourage, this idea of intersectionality, this idea of the connection between art and community and social change was already happening here in so many different neighborhoods and so many different communities and so many different ways. And so it became less about starting the conversation, trying to trigger a conversation, and more around him being able to be a vehicle to elevate that conversation and shine a light on it in different neighborhoods and different communities and different organizations throughout Denver. So, uh, so it was really, really exciting and actually uh, quite moving. Uh, and then Yo-Yo was able to kind of tell his immigrant story uh, with them and, and, and relate to them. And that was, I think, very, very powerful. The uh, Youth on Record block party that was able to bring Yo-Yo together with uh, young, aspiring hip-hop musicians and Modus Theater that will also be a participant in the GAA conference, um, where Yo-Yo was able to compose and play on the spot a musical response to stories of undocumented people uh, in this community. And it was, I think it brought people to tears. It, it was really moving. Thank you, Gary. That does sound really incredible. And we're uh, extremely honored and excited to have Yo-Yo join us, not only as a keynote in the Sears conference, um, but also to be joining for the Culture of Civic Practice Cultural Community Tour um, throughout Denver um, as part of the pre-conference day. If I can ask us to zoom out a little bit while we're super excited to be in Denver, given the constraints of a conference, I'd like to talk a little bit about how the rest of Colorado is participating in the conference in some ways. So thinking about being proud Coloradans, I said it right, <laughs> what are some of the things that you'd like visitors to know about not only the Mile High City, but the Front Range and the land of the Rockies? Well, Nadia, it's a great question. And certainly, I think both Gary and I share a love of not only Denver, but of Colorado. And I hope that really translates in this conference. I think what's unique about Colorado, or um, I like to think is unique about Colorado, is there's such a, a affinity and a, a deep love of the landscape and the environment that really translates across the state. Um, and it's a really diverse state, both geographically and geologically. That uh, And that really, I think, translates into um, a community that loves not just the, 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 the place and the physical place, but the people within those places. And so 
my feeling is that maybe a different than some other um, states or communities, I think there's less of a divide between urban and rural. And so I think you'll, you'll and I think that'll permeate this conference um, in a lot of ways. Um, you'll hear from and see artists from Boulder and Fort Collins, which is our neighbors to the north, more urban. Um, but we also have participants coming from across the state, whether it's some of our mountain communities or are traditionally sort of thought of as ski communities. And, um, and I think what that, sh that shows is really a richness and um, a uh, deep appreciation for um, the work that happens across our state. I think that uh, there's, as, as Ginger said, an incredible, I think fairly unique connection here between urban and, and rural. And I think combined with that, you have the front range phenomenon. So you have this kind of string of great, urban areas, each one unique, each one with its own culture, from Fort Collins to Boulder to uh, Denver, and it's surrounding other urban areas like Aurora, like Lakewood, like Parker, that are all kind of within the Denver metro area, and then all the way down to Colorado Springs. Um, so you have each of these communities, and I think when we were talking about the conference and involving also our, our great uh, state arts and creative agency, Colorado Creative Industries, it was really important to us, given the, the, the culture of Colorado, that even though the conference physically had to be in Denver, that it really needed as much as possible to, to draw in and represent the rest of the state and really be a vehicle for having a larger conversation uh, that, that, enga that engaged some of these issues that we've been talking about. Um, I think one thing that's also uh, particularly um, exciting about Denver and, and frankly exciting ab ab about the folks who are going to be visiting for the conference is how close many of these other areas are. I mean, from Denver, you can be in the Rocky Mountains in half an hour. You can be in the Plains in half an hour. So it, 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 it really is at this kind of physical intersection, going back to the theme of the, of the conference, of different topographies and and urban and rural and plains and mountains. Um, and, uh, you know, we did uh, uh, try to make it easy for visitors uh, to think about maybe experiencing the rest of the state and the, and the surrounding Front Range region by creating that handy uh, visitor guide. I know myself, when I travel to conferences, I always want to try and maybe spend some extra time and get a real flavor of the region. Um, and that's something we're hoping that visitors to the conference in Denver will uh, be able to do as well. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm really excited. Um, I've spent a little bit of time um, in Colorado while we've been planning, and um, I have yet to make it to Fort Collins, but the focus of the music scene there sounds incredible, so it's certainly on my list. wanted to focus a little bit on the conference. We have a really packed, really exciting schedule for folks, and wanted to give some insight into what people can expect. Um, it'll be a little bit different than Oakland last year. Hopefully, we can bring some of the greatest things that came out of that conference into Denver. So thinking about how we prepare for Denver this year, what are you both most excited about? I'm, I'm very excited about, uh, first of all, the opportunity for 
um, a national audience to hear from and experience um, the local talent that we have here in, in Denver and in Colorado. Um, I think we, we're very intentional about putting not only some of our stars on stage, um, but really making sure that they're hearing from a breadth of our community uh, so that they have a chance to, I think, witness uh, talent across multiple genres and um, and the diversity of our city as part of that. So that's, I think, really exciting, both for for me, but also um, I think for the artists who have been asked to participate. I hope the, the folks who attend um, see that as well. And then, of course, I know how hard off-site can be in um, getting people out of a uh, conference space. So really grateful that GIA took some of the um, experience that happened in, um, in Oakland and doubled down on that and gave us the opportunity to get people out and about in our city. And so whether they're going to, um, you know, Sioux Teatro or Cleo Park or Robinson Dance, some of our seminal local um, arts uh, organizations um, to just being able to look out the window and see some of the, you know, like I mentioned, the street art earlier. Uh, th those are things that I think are really exciting for, for people to have a chance to um, really um, see the sights and sounds and smells of Denver. Gary, do you want to uh, add to that? Sure. Well, I, I would sort of second the excitement around trying to take both the, uh, take the, the um, unexpected uh, changes in the conference that happened in Oakland uh, that from a logistical standpoint were perhaps traumatic from a staff perspective, but ended up becoming uh, a really interesting uh, and surprisingly wonderful experience for the participants, one of which being me. Um, and so in planning Denver, I think, uh, the idea was to say, how do we keep some of that magic uh, of getting people out of the hotel more and into the community for sessions, but also being more realistic about uh, uh, the challenges of people traversing a city and, and, and having to stay on schedule and get as many sessions in as possible. So I think we've struck that balance in planning the conference. And so I think people will be out and about in the community more if they want to uh, than the pre-Oakland conferences. Uh, <laughs> and I think that will be really exciting. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm excited about all the keynotes, to be honest, just at a, mm -hmm. at a, a, on a kind of personal level to have, you know, the, the conversation with Brian Stevenson mm -hmm. and, and Aggie Gunn, uh, which is the kind of closing keynote, really, really exciting. And I know folks sometimes plan their travel and they miss that last day. So I, I will take this opportunity in the podcast to urge everybody to stay for that last plenary session, which I know will be uh, really remarkable. Uh, and you know, that one the, also features Moda's theater performance, which I, I hear is just quite incredible. Exactly. And uh, yes, and, and the inclusion of Moda's theater uh, so to bring art into that conversation, uh, so relevant, and they're really one of our gems in the local community. Um, uh, the engagement of so many uh, local artists, which is something that happens in all recent GAA conferences, and so I think uh, that's going to be really exciting, paying, uh, acknowledging the 400th anniversary of 1619, uh, which the New York Times 
so recently did and and was so moving and so informative and i think the whole country's been buzzing about that and so to be able to sort of be a part of that conversation with the screening of the movie traces of the trade and then being able to have a facilitated conversation i think that will be another exciting element of the conference over and above all the wonderful learning sessions and that are part of every ga conference Absolutely. And we're so glad that uh, the filmmaker for Traces of the Trade, Katrina Brown, will be joining us for that discussion alongside Harold Field, um, who, Gary, correct me if I'm wrong, is sort of a, a local leader in the work around, uh, you know, sort of the history of slavery and the, the complicated nature of that, particularly in the West, which I know is a different kind of relationship than that, for example, on the East Coast. Yeah, that's true. Harold and Harold has been the sort of uh, facilitator around traces of the trade since the movie first came out a few years ago. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned that because I talked earlier about the um, the unique nature of the Latinx community here in Denver, and another aspect is the unique nature of the African American community, where um, Denver was the Harlem of the West. Uh, and I think still in many ways has that quality of having fairly uniquely for a Western city, an African-American population that dates back again to the origins of the country, this, you know, 1700s, 1800s, there were, you know, Denver Western based, you know, African-American Pony Express riders and union soldiers and two of Frederick Douglass's sons settled in, in, Denver. And so there's this incredibly rich African-American heritage uh, in Denver as well that is a kind of part of the culture here. I'm really excited about having our local uh, indigenous artist Greg Deal as one of the keynote speakers. He has been not just an incredible artist, uh, but also an incredible advocate for indigenous rights and the injustice that indigenous people have faced in this country. Um, he uh, works in multiple art forms. So he's a performance artist as well as a visual artist. And I think his keynote is gonna be a really exciting, compelling moment of the conference. One of the ideal labs that I'm particularly um, excited that the GIA audience will have a chance to hear from and hear about is with Garrett Ammon from Wonderbound, which is a local dance company, and Stefan Brackett from the Flowbots, which is um, a local hip-hop um, artist, and they collaborated on a production called Divisions, a hip-hop ballet, and it was probably one of the most riveting performances I had a chance to attend, um, and they've had a chance to do this regionally across the city, um, in, in not only the city of Denver, but in our neighboring communities, so um, it, they really, it really challenged them, not only um, artistically um, and creatively, but also getting into different parts of our city um, and the front range, broadly speaking, um, sharing that really impactful and performance um, in, in, in sort of unique and different settings. Um, so I, I think that collaboration will be really exciting for people to hear about. Thank you so much. There are some really great artists featured in Idea Labs during the conference this year. Um, one of them is Family Theater Company. And Gary, uh, I believe this is 
particularly important to Denver because uh, it was the founding of the founding city for the Americans with Disability Act. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Denver has played a really important role in the uh, disability rights movement, frankly, from the kind of, you know, origins of curb cuts, uh, providing access for people with physical disabilities to the origins of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And Family Theater is a local theater company that's pretty unique in that they don't represent just one disability category. They have uh, performers, actors, um, uh, musicians who participate in their work with the whole array of disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, and they produce extraordinary work and they tour all over the world. So I think to have a family theater as one of the idea lab artists giving participants a little taste of their work will be a really exciting opportunity. And, and I wanted to call out one other aspect of the idea lab artists, which is that people will also get a taste of Denver's extraordinary spoken word artists. And I think it's one aspect of Denver's cultural community that is of real national significance. We have uh, some of the nation's best spoken word artists are actually based in Denver, uh, both youth spoken word artists and adult spoken word artists. And so I think uh, incorporating spoken word into the idea labs is really important too. And several of those artists, you know, we have a limited amount of time on the stage, but several of those spoken word artists contributed original work to the this issue of the reader um, that's that accompanies the conference. So please check those out because their work is honestly quite incredible. Including Bobby Lefebvre, our new poet laureate for the state of Colorado. Yes. Yay. So great. <laughs> and I believe he's the first Alana uh, POC Poet Laureate for the state of Colorado. Is that correct? That is correct. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, We're very excited about that. And, and his voice is very powerful and beautiful. Yeah, we agree. I want to also uh, encourage folks coming to the conference to take advantage of Denver's culinary scene that's so woven into its cultural scene. Yeah, and we're really excited as well because um, thanks, thanks to your recommendations, we'll be working with Kamal Food Heritage Incubator for some of our events. Um, and uh, they're, a really, they're a really interesting uh, culinary arts business. Um, Gary, do you have a, a um, you know, perspective there? A, a sound bite on Kamal. <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, one of the things that we're really excited about in the conference is that we've been able to work with Kamal, which is uh, a, a both catering and restaurant operation that draws on the foods from the heritage of different immigrant populations. So they actually engage uh, uh, immigrants and refugees from different cultures to cook the food of their culture and then serve it. So they're, these are not professional chefs uh, and they really engage the local community. So it's also, you know, an entrepreneurship program because they get trained in how to translate what they know how to do, cooking the food that they grew up with and the food that they cook for their family and learning how to cook that food for other people. And so the participants in the conference will have the gift 
of food <laughs> from name the country, yeah, <laughs> Lebanon, Palestine, Eritrea, Palestine, Lebanon, yeah. I mean, all different countries. It's, it's pretty extraordinary. Yeah, that's wonderful. I am salivating as well as um, really, <laughs> really excited because I think that's such a great, I mean, that's such a great way to sort of think about cultural intersections here, right? We're talking about sort of different people and places. We're talking about different kinds of arts and culture. And we're talking about support in perhaps something outside of a standard 501c3, but it's still an essential part of the cultural ecosystem of Denver. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about alternative economies recently at NGIA's work and thinking about, you know, how do we, how do we expand how we're thinking about the support of culture? So uh, I, I'm really excited to be having these kinds of conversations in Denver at this time in GIA's sort of life and being able to explore that with you all. All, uh, in a very local and um, deep way. So I am incredibly honored that you're hosting us. Thank you so much for all of your hard work and being deep, strong representatives of Denver throughout this process. We know this will be an incredible conference and cannot wait to see everybody here together. Sherilyn, thanks for um, hosting us. Can you take it from here? Absolutely. Thank you, Ginger, Gary, and Nadia for that interesting conversation. If you have not done so, be sure to visit the conference website at conference.giarts.org to learn more about the diverse set of conference sessions and dynamic speakers. If you have any questions about this podcast or upcoming programming, feel free to reach out to me, Sherilyn Seeley, at sherilyn at giarts.org or visit our website, giarts.org. Be sure to follow Grantmakers in the Arts on Twitter and Facebook at GIArts, as well as Instagram at Grantmakers in the Arts for exciting new conference updates. Thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to seeing you at the conference from October 13th through 16th. Have a great day.